Hey guys, what's up? I'm Yarel Ramos. And I'm Jessica Molina. We all have those weight hold up moments in life. Those times where our perspective shifts and our hustle changes as a result. Each week, tune in as we chat with a new guest who's on their grind and learn the pivotal moments that shape their journey. And when we're not chatting with a guest, Jess and I will dig into the latest weight hold up moments happening in politics and pop culture. You're listening to Weight Hold, hold Up. up. What's up, everybody? What's up, bad loves? How are you? How are you, Jess? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing well. Another week of the pod. I oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I'm loving today is that today we get to talk about something that you and I both love. Oh, I know. fashion. I know. And I've been waiting for this episode because it's, I feel like we try to sprinkle it here and there in different interviews or different chats, but we're going to be uh, chatting with a very special guest today. Uh, take it away. <laughs> we have Laura Sa- She is a stylist originally from Austin, Texas, now living in Brooklyn. In 2017, Laura became a multicultural brand ambassador and celebrity stylist partner for Dove Deodorant, as well as a freelance fashion market editor for the TV show Dynasty on the CW Network. She's offered consulting services for luxury brands like Calvin Klein and Mickey Moto across social media, digital marketing, influencer campaigns, and content strategy. Laura is currently a freelance stylist, content creator, and contributing fashion editor, and here to fix our lives and our wardrobes. Yes. Laura, welcome <laughs> to the pod. Hola. She just landed and she looks fabulous. She I just landed know. from New York and she looks amazing. Oh, thanks, guys. Right. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. Let's talk fashion all day. All yes. Day, every <laughs> day well let's first start by how did you even get into styling well you know I had also I had always been interested in fashion um from a very young age I would say definitely um clueless kind of kick-started my brain and and changed my life um and then that was in the 90s. I was really young. I was 14 years old. I love that and you mentioned that movie, by the way. Because yeah. it, I'm from the Valley, so it's kind of a big deal for me. It is. And I had like the <laughs> red plaid jacket with like fake ruffle, on the, not Ooh. ruffles, like fake faux fur. Anyhow, That's fly. I just had to stop because I'm like, I'm so bad at anyway. Got- <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, growing up in Texas, it's such a jean culture and, and pretty mm. casual. And, uh, you know, denim is like the dressiest thing sometimes. So to see a movie where they were dressed up and really enjoyed fashion in school was so interesting to me. Um, and then also when I was young, I had a best friend who was from Korea and would travel to Asia a lot and would come back with the most fly clothes. And it was literally a game changer. Um, so by high school, you know, I was really, really obsessed with fashion. Um, tried to wear something new every single day. Um, I kept a journal of my outfits to not repeat anything, which would later become, which would later become, yeah, I mean, now bloggers, that's, that's what they do. Outfit of the day. Yeah. But a pre, pre pre-digital era, you know, so analog, I'm writing it in a journal and, uh, you know, I was voted, voted best dressed in high school and it was just always, you know, a passion. So by the time I got into college, I studied retail merchandising, um, and really tried to figure out exactly what I wanted to pursue in fashion. Um, but at UT, I went to UT Austin, um, and our retail merchandising program was actually in the School of Natural Sciences. 
so I actually have a bachelor of science and <coughs> excuse me and uh, the two career paths that they presented at the time were either to be a retail buyer or to be a fashion designer and when really getting into the nitty-gritty neither really seemed to kind of pique my interest um, I felt like the buyer was too much retail math, too mm-hmm. many numbers. I was like, where's the creative? Where's the fashion itself? Um, and the design also just wasn't, it, it wasn't something that really like lit my soul on fire. Um, and then one day we had a, we watched a video about um, non-traditional jobs in fashion. And all of a sudden it was one of those aha moments. This woman described her role as a stylist and she described her day to day, which was different every single day and being on set and doing photo shoots and pitching creatives and working with models. And um, and I instantly was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Mm. I finally just knew in that moment that is exactly what I am meant to be. That is it. I just knew. Um, and then it kind of became like, how can I get to that point? Um, And it was almost like playing chess, like thinking backwards to get to the goal to win, you know, the ultimate prize of being a stylist. Um, My senior year, we had some alumni come to speak and there was a PR person from L.A. that came to visit. And I went to speak to him after he spoke and said, you know, I'm really interested in becoming a stylist. Do you have any advice for me? And he was like, honey, you got to get out of Texas immediately. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, here's how it's going to go. Choose L.A. or New York that's that's the real deal. So the moment you graduate, you have got to go. You just will not find enough work here yeah. to actually to actually get to the point that you need to be as a as a respected stylist in the industry. And I, you know, was very very appreciative of the real talk. Yeah. And I had always been obsessed with New York. I had a love affair with New York and uh I was like, "Well, okay, I've got to make it happen." Um so leading up to graduation, I just started hounding everybody I you know I will do anything you need me to do I will I will carry all of the samples you know anything you need me to do but right, people so you're hounding any, everybody meaning like you would reach out reach to out. I would reach yeah mm. I would reach out to people um that were either stylists um any potential like fashion magazines uh any sort of anything that where styling was a potential outlet to pursue um or to work with stylists themselves And no one took me seriously with an Austin address on my resume. They were like, well, we appreciate your passion and you really seem interested, but you have to move here or you have to have some sort of address or else we don't we don't know that you're actually going to do Mm -hmm. it. Um, And so that was kind of disheartening. So I thought, okay, let me let me see what other outlets I I just need to find a way to get there. Like there just needs to be a, a reason for me to be there. Um, so I found an internship opportunity at Art and Commerce, which is this amazing agency that represents some of the biggest artists in the world. So it's photographers, makeup artists, creative directors, stylists. Um, and at the time it was one of the biggest. So it's like people shooting the biggest campaigns you've ever seen. Um, all of the major fashion editorials, uh, big billboards, everything. Um, and so they only had four internship spots. And so one internship spot was for each outlet you wanted to pursue. So Mm -hmm. someone who wanted to be a photographer, someone who wanted to be a makeup artist, someone who wanted to be a stylist. Um, I flew up to meet with them. And in the end, they gave me three days notice to move to New York. Wow. And I said, I said, I'll do it. I'll be there. 
and uh, it was one of those kind of cliche, like four four suitcases. I might as well have had like a guitar on my back and shown up on the <laughs> Greyhound it. <laughs> because it was you know buy everyone, buy everything. I'm moving to New York. Didn't know where I was gonna live. Only had graduation money. Um, I had just graduated from college at that point. It was less than a month after, and I was in New York. Um, yeah. So where, like, awesome. yeah, that is awesome, yeah. and that's super ballsy. Um, I, 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 I was trying to think of another word because I feel like ballsy is, like, not giving credit to the fact that you're a female who did right. it. So I'm like, that's super yeah. breasty. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good one. I do like that's that. Let's start one. using that's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mad, breasty. Mad breasty of you. So you came to New York. Obviously, New York is an intimidating city to to just show up at after and just graduated from college after just from graduating te- yeah from texas so so what do you think like what was the hardest part about you differentiating yourself in an industry that is so competitive you know i think i also just had such a, a positive outlook i think that was just the cheeriness of coming from the south and i was just so excited to be in new york you know that everything Everything I had such a positive being and everyone said that differentiated me from other people when they wanted to work with me, when a stylist chose me over other potential assistants, they were like, you're actually you just seem so chill Mm. and just so excited and genuinely passionate to be here. You don't you're not acting like this is what you deserve. Um. And so actually that helped me get a lot of gigs, just like my positive vibe. I think that's that's, that's so, so pro- yeah. important because even like when you think about like what we've seen in the movies or what we know about the fashion industry is that everyone kind of gives off this air of they're too cool for school. Devil mm-hmm. wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hello. I know. It's like you've <laughs> got to like think that your shit doesn't stink even yeah. at like the lowest level. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of exciting that you were just like, no, I'm, I'm really excited to be yeah. here and I'm going to be happy (laughs) and I'm gonna make the best out of it and and then I also think um being in Austin I had I had had such a such a fun time in college and University of Texas um was at the time when I went there the largest populated school in the in the nation so it was 52,000 plus um on campus one one dormitory alone had its own zip code so you really had to fight to make a name for yourself on Mm -hmm. campus and so I think that was a, a fabulous precursor for coming to New York. So it kind of, it built, um, you know, just like the confidence and then also, you know, making your own name and finding your path. But then again, you know, when I got to New York and I was so happy to be there and just kind of like just a genuinely nice person. But then over time, I needed to kind of shed some of that niceness right. to also navigate my way through the industry because mm-hmm. then also oh there's the nice girl will just you know take advantage of it exactly yeah. exactly so after the internship um I'm sure you met a lot of people which is I think it's like fashion it ties so much with like other arts and like music and even us in television and in um, the digital space where it's kind of like a lot about who you know yeah right mm-hmm. totally um I mean I'm sure it happens in fashion as well oh yeah totally um so what what art and commerce really did was um, it was a big name dropper. So it was such a huge respected agency in the industry that also so many creatives wanted to be represented by. 
Um, and so I was actually picked up by a very big stylist just because she saw that name on my resume. So while I was doing the internship, which was great, and it was a great experience, they were only paying me $20 a day. Mm. Um, and I was still pursuing opportunities to assist other stylists. So that was kind of the path. Like from the recommendations I had been given, okay, you want to be a stylist first, you have to work with someone who's very respected in the industry, then other people will continue to give you an opportunity. Um, but you really have to pay your dues and you have to learn the ins and outs of the industry. So I scoured this. This is totally dating me, but I scoured Craigslist mm -hmm. because that was where you would look for gigs. And uh, I found this amazing, too good to be true opportunity with uh, A-list stylist Victoria Bartlett. And she's this amazing creative um, she styled that 90s music video, Groove is in the Heart. Yeah. Yeah. And That's so awesome. when I found that out, I was like, <laughs> she is the most amazing person ever. So creative. Um, she was British. She had worked with some royals. She styled Boy George and Lil' Kim. I mean, just an, oh ama yeah, an amazing resume. Nice portfolio there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and when I met with her and her team, um, they were like, well... My best, this is Victoria speaking, my best friend David is repped at Art and Commerce and if they chose you out of all those people, then that then that means you'd be great to work with me. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so that, that interview went really well and then I didn't hear back from them for two weeks. I called back to follow up. And I was ballsy also by calling on the phone, which you is, were breasty. is funny. Yeah, breasty. <laughs> I was breasty. I called to follow up and then, um, her assistant, her personal assistant, you know, we're overwhelmed. We've had over two, 200 responses. We, we just can't keep up with the demand. And I said, well, you guys called me. And I, this is so funny. So, so breasty. <laughs> so you guys called me. There's clearly a reason you called me. Oh, and my gosh. Then, I love it. And then she said, you're right. Okay. Ditch the heels. Because when I showed up to my interview, I had sky high heels. She was like, ditch the heels. You're never going to wear those one day ever working with us ever you're gonna be running around all over town you're gonna be on your feet all the time but you know welcome to the team oh that's that amazing so cool. yeah so now do you rock heels when you style no it's a very like a is it like a rule more than anything it's just you're running, you're running around, around so much you'll fall over it's yeah. just you it's not you're you're bending right. down you're you're turning sideways you're running around it, it's just it doesn't it, it slows doesn't you down work, of yeah of course yeah, um, yeah. And how was it being um, for you being from Texas, being Latina and coming into the space in New York? Um, how challenging was it? And how did you how were you able to navigate and be and become the stylist that you are now? You know, I also realized right away that there weren't a, a lot of other Latinas mm -hmm. pursuing the same path. Mm -hmm. And I do remember noticing that right away. And I'm like, where are all the Latinas at? You know, there would be a lot of Latinos mm. doing um, more of like the pattern making or they would pursue fashion design. Um, so I would see them along the way. But I always, you know, wondered where the Latinas were trying to be, you know, a celebrity stylist or a superstar stylist or, you know, a big time fashion editor. Um, and then it always kind of came down to the reference of Nina Garcia. Mm -hmm. But then that's also kind of like in media where everyone just names the same right. three A-list celebs. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but who else? Yeah. You know? um, 
And so I definitely tried to make a name for myself and play that up, you know, that this is what makes me different. And I think, and I did use that many times when I would meet with people. So, you know, there's kind of this like homogenous resume that would circulate in fashion. You went to FIT, you went to Parsons, you followed the society path, um, you know, you're someone's daughter, someone's mm. niece, and you went to these prep schools and then, you know, you wanted to do fashion. And also you're, you're getting paid so little and it's almost like you need to have the financial security in your yeah. lifestyle mm. or in your family to really pursue some of these entry level roles. Um, and I think that's also something that kind of is a deterrent right. for people that don't have those opportunities. And, and that's so crazy because I see it so much here with a lot of friends that are pursuing, you know, a career in like styling that they're freelancers for the most part. So like that hustle for the job mm -hmm. and, you know, and sometimes working the long hours, taking two jobs in because next week you don't have anything booked like that, that adds on to the stress of even doing your job. But I love the fact that you played it as a strength. Right. And used it to your advantage more so. And I know that looking at your work, a lot of the celebrity styling that you've done, I think there are a lot of like cultural elements that you integrate. Mm -hmm. And when you as a stylist see that there are other people who are now trying to, I know Yarel sent me something not too long ago right. about how like, Frida has been yeah. all of a sudden this like she's like a fashion icon and yeah. everyone's trying to like ch make, Frida, make Frida glamorous but Frida was very anti-establishment and so as a Latina as are you Mexican Mexican American as yeah. a Mexican American do you get frustrated when you see the sort of co-opting of a culture by people who don't really understand it? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily frustrated because I'm I'm relieved that it's at least part of their conversation mm -hmm. and it's in their mental space. Um, you know, I do I do like to kind of just make sure that if I am involved at all in a project that, you know, we try not to play to stereotypes and then we try and talk about the, the bigger picture or the educational moments of those projects but um but for the greater good I am just excited that we are having those conversations that Frida is becoming mainstream for so many of these people that had no idea or didn't want to talk about it because they thought it was uncool or too um too ethnic mm -hmm. right? well I think you know what I also want to explore because we've definitely spoken about like your come up what do you think was that moment where you had that weight holds up moment where you realize okay I've sacrificed a lot but now I can officially call myself a stylist was there a moment that you remember that happening um well I would definitely say that when I became the fashion editor at Cosmo for Latinas magazine that was one of those moments where when I got the call that I got the job, um, that my life would never be the same after mm. that day. I, I mean, it was 100%. I remember feeling that seismic shift of I hung up the phone and I cried. And I, I'm not like a super, an emo I'm not a super emotional person, um, but I did. I felt it completely. I was like, my life will never be the same. And it was a it was almost as if everything I had written I wanted in a job mm -hmm. had been created and, mm -hmm. and that was what had been presented before me. So it was 
something where I got to celebrate my culture and work with other Latinas and support mm -hmm. emerging Latinas and style all day, every day, talk about fashion every day. Um, and really use that platform to help support other people that mm -hmm. I believed in. Um, uh, that, yeah, it was such an amazing moment. And yeah, my life hasn't been the same ever since that. And I, I do remember, um, my first day I'm just shaking uncontrollably yeah. like, oh my God, this is actually happening. What did I get myself into? But it's those moments where it freaks you out a little bit that, mm -hmm. you know, you're on the right path. Like this is this is the bigger thing. You should be doing this instead of just coasting. Yeah. Um, I love those moments. The moments of like shake and you're like, ah, you know, if it's, you're excited and you're scared. It's it's something that's like your body is like mm. in some way saying this is the right thing. Yeah, but like but it may not feel like right. it. Yeah. And so it was, you know, all the work leading up to I wanted to be a stylist. I want to do it all the time every day. Um And so here it was, okay, now you're going to style 17 pages and you're going to style real women and you're going to style models and you're going to style uh, celebrities. And, and, so and how many years into you moving to New York was that? Did that happen? Um, that happened 2013, almost, I would say nine years later. Okay. Um, but that was kind of, I mean, I had done so many things leading up to that mm -hmm. that were also very fun and very satisfying but it also was so much responsibility and I had such a senior level role then that I think had I had that opportunity any sooner mm -hmm. yeah. it would have just overwhelmed me completely right, right. you had yeah. to like grow grow yeah and then I role. worked with so many stylists and on so many projects leading up to that that I also needed to find my own personal mm -hmm. style as a stylist If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sometimes when you see someone's work in a magazine and you don't even need to look at the byline, you're like, oh, that's so blah, 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 fill in the blank. Um, and I had, I really needed to get to that place where this is, oh, this is so Laura Zapata's work. Mm. So what is that? What is quintessential Laura? Like, yes, she styled Style. that. Yeah. It's, um, it's super feminine, colorful. And my feedback that I always get is it's, it's just beautiful. Like people, are, yeah, people always when, when they'll, and they won't know they're all referencing the same shoot. Oh, it's just so beautiful. And it, and I remember thinking for a bit, oh no, I just want to be a little edgier. Yeah. And then I, I'm like, why am I fighting what people love? And, right. and then and I, what you enjoy as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then that kind of became, you know, my quintessential look like with all the celebrities that you work with, was, was there a moment that you were just like starstruck and you were like I can't believe like pinching yourself I can't believe I'm working with this person or on this campaign um well I did meet Beyonce at oh one my of my oh god I, oh god <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome at one of my jobs um so she was on a whole other level of celebrity mm. like you literally felt this aura around her she's definitely by far the most famous person I've ever met and been in the same room with. Um, but that was in more of a personal shopping capacity. So it wasn't styling head to toe. Mm. But in terms of actually styling them and dressing them, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm kind of like so serious in the work moment that I don't even let myself get to that. It's a fangirl. Yeah, yeah it's a like fangirl fan yeah. moment. 
um, I think it's later when mm. the, the photos have been printed and I actually take a breath and I really sit back and realize what just happened. There was something that you said about developing your own style as a stylist. And for our listeners, what do you recommend for how they can find their own personal style? You know, I really am obsessed with um, Instagram just changed the game Mm -hmm. in terms of the creative space for me. Um, I really think it's a great outlet to kind of also get immediate feedback from other creatives on how they think just the type of creative content you're creating I just said creative over and over. Say creative <laughs> one more time. <laughs> That's right. Creative, 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 creative. That reminds me of Mean Girl. Say crack one more time. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I love Instagram and I think it's an amazing uh, platform to just play with style and show off your personal style and also kind of just look back and reflect like, Oh, I was wearing that last year. Okay, maybe I should try some new colors or maybe I should Mm -hmm. try some some new silhouettes. Um, I also think, uh, you know, just just playing and styling yourself and styling your friends for any young girl that or young guy, um, young person who are interested in pursuing styling they're always asking me how do I get started what do I do I don't have enough context to get clothes and I tell people you know my first few my first few shoots that I did you know I just went to vintage stores Mm. I was getting things out of my own closet um you kind of just make it work it's like Mm -hmm. you have to find you have to find your way to get there it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money yeah it's all about what you think is is fun and what you're excited by. Right. And I think that going to what you're saying about Instagram is that if there are people who want to get into styling, there are so many smaller brands on Instagram that you can find who are looking for ways to sell their own clothes but maybe don't have that eye and you can offer your services that way. Correct. Yeah. And I've I've met so many new creatives and people just through Instagram. Mm -hmm. I discover so many new designers. Um... I discover other collaborators, even potential assistants. I've just, it's the way I, someone reads the New York Times every morning. I have to look at Instagram every single day. Mm, That's a good way to put it. Just to see what's going on. And globally, I mean, back in the day, I didn't know. You have to wait for a magazine, right? Yeah, yeah. And now it's instantaneous and I can see what's going on, you know, all over the world. And that really is so important. Mm -hmm. Um. And that affects that it it helps in terms of just coming up with like bigger ideas. Yeah. And speaking about Instagram, um, do you have like I feel like we go through I, I go through phases, right? Where I'm like, oh, this is my favorite person to follow right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have someone like a blogger or a content creator or a fashionista that's like oh, on your man. radar right now? I have so many. Um you know, I might even need to look up my answer. It's so many. I try and follow new people every day. Well, her Instagram is, is popping, uh, yeah. Laura underscore Zapata. Zapata. <laughs> so you can see who she's following yeah. <laughs> and do it that way. So, Laura, what's next for you? Let us know, you know, what, everything that you've got going on. Yeah, sure. Um, so once I went into uh, freelance, doing freelance full time, um, you know, I, I explored a little bit of everything and... So the celebrity styling, I really 
put the the pedal to the metal on that because I had been doing so many of those projects on the editorial side. Um, and I've been working with a lot of emerging actors, um, trying to help them on their come up. And, you know, that's kind of been my niche. Mm-hmm. Um, more so Latinx talent, but then just helping emerging talent also get to where they need to be. And if, mm-hmm. if I can help them through fashion, then that's the way that we can, you know, for the greater good. Yeah. Um, so 2016 is when I went freelance full time. Um, one of the first actors I started working with was um, Natalia Dyer. And at the time, um, her publicist was like, she's going to be huge. I promise you she's in the show called Stranger Things, oh which then became yeah. a yeah. huge, a huge thing. Um, and then I started working with Jamila Velasquez. She's a singer and actor. Mm-hmm. She had a huge arc in uh, Empire. Oh, yeah. And we worked, mm. yeah, we worked together um, leading up for all the press for that, for Empire, which was really, really fun. Um, so I'm always on the hunt for new young talent, kind of seeing what they have going on, see how we could work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I do, my personal passion is to work with Latinx talent. So I'm scouting those people now, um, seeing what projects they have and how we can collaborate. Um, and it's mostly red carpet and uh, special appearances, press sorts of things, uh, fashion editorials, where that may lead. Um, and then also, I've also kind of shifted into the uh, entertainment space. And I started working with the costume designer of Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of just happened I, I, when people say it falls into your lap, I, I don't know if I always believe that. Mm-hmm. So that I, I pursued a bit. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So I met the costume designer at a baby shower. Nice. And, nice. Uh, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And she was very lovely. And she was doing the costume for that show, Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw that Rain was ending. Mm-hmm. And I thought, she's way too talented to just call it a day. Let me shout her out and see what's going on. What is she doing post rain? Maybe it's something we can work together on. And she said, it's so funny that you reach out to me. I'm working on the Dynasty reboot. Maybe you can help me out because their whole reboot strategy is they want to make the cast, the new cast, totally diverse. And they want the new lead to be Latina. Wow. That and I so and I was like, this, like, this is life, yeah. life, this is perfect. <laughs> Um, and so I said, whatever I need to do to do this, just let me know. So she's like, okay, get all your ducks in a row. We're going to have to pitch you to the producers to see if we can bring you on board. Uh, and I was like, yeah, we can pitch it as, you know, the consultant for the Latina brands or, you know, what, what have you, because I bet you all the people that are involved in this process, where the Latinas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And exactly. when when you start pitching, this is Cristal, you know, when you start to describe this character, you need to have someone in this whole story. Yes. That, that you know, and I can be yeah. that person. I will, you know, I'll happily be that person yeah. for you. <laughs> um, and so that was great. So that was an amazing opportunity that happened pretty quickly. Um, they were like the the season got picked up and then it got picked up for even more episodes that's and amazing so i did um i did my market work which is basically choosing from the entire world of fashion options 
So you need to know the brands and you need to know the trends and you need to just be able to like navigate. It's almost like Christmas shopping every single day. Nice. <laughs> That's not too bad. bad. That's too bad. But then it can be a little stressful. It can be exhausting. Yeah. 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 And then there's a lot of uh, back and forth. So it turns into like hundreds of emails a day of, hey, do you, can I get that in red? And can I get it in a size two? And can I get it Monday? Yeah. And then it turns into, no, well, no, we have it in blue and we have it in a size six and you can get it next Tuesday. You know? Yeah. So there's a lot that happens. Um, so I was my own little business in New York yeah. helping them prep for things in LA and then they moved the entire production to Atlanta oh wow and they film all the episodes there so that was super super exciting so I really loved that experience and I'm starting to look more into that mm-hmm. and what I really also love about the CW is they're also pursuing new reboots with yeah. more yeah. they've got Charmed, like Charmed coming yes. with Melanie Diaz mm-hmm. and some other women of color yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to now navigate those roads. Yeah. You know, where I have the the fashion know-how and the experience and I love working with talent and I can just hit the ground running. Um, and it's a new opportunity that, you know, the, the editorial landscape is just ever-changing and mm-hmm. going through so many ebbs and flows that, you know, I just need to think bigger picture. And so these opportunities are super exciting and maybe weren't initially what I was looking into, but are great ways that I could also interject styling and marketing, market editing, um, and fashion editing. So yeah. awesome. What um, an awesome journey. I know. It's like, and then I'm sure that there's still so many plans and dreams that you have, right? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then, you know, this, then Dove, um, recently, uh, uh, reached out. And that was kind of, I want to say out of nowhere, but um, they had been following my work at Cosmo for Latinas and Dove finally had an opportunity to work in the fashion space. So usually there's, you know, just beauty content and working with beauty influencers. Um, And then they had this new, they were introducing a new product. It's a invisible dry spray deodorant. Um, And so they wanted to, utilize a fashion angle when that product was launching um so they reached out to me and that that client wanted to work with celebrity stylists in the multicultural market um that had worked specifically with multicultural talent yeah and so i thought Boom. well there you go hello. hello have you met me i'm fabulous <laughs> and i've done all of the above Boom. <laughs> check so, check check yes so that happened last year we we kicked off our first campaign now we're back at it for year two. Um, and the second iteration of the campaign is partnering with Fashion Snoops, which is the trend forecasting agency. They also predict colors and just macro trends. Um, and so they've come up with packages of colors for 2018. And so the whole color messaging with Dove and the product doesn't leave any marks on clothes and and colors on clothes. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really great partnership that I'm super excited to be a part of and you know, we go around and talk about fashion and color yeah. and, you know. So what's the big trend for this summer? Oh, there's so many. I mean, it's just w- some of the things that I personally am yeah. loving. Um, there's, it's really about like a powerful woman moment, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, these really colorful uh, 
pantsuits. Yeah, they're so cute. I love I'm, pantsuits. I'm obsessed. But in really, really bold colors, so like hot pink and mm-hmm. yellow. Um, also really unexpected colors like lilac, lavender type. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's also some really fun colors like baby blue, which is really regal. You'll mm-hmm. be seeing that a lot with like the royals, maybe some more like brunch night out is there a is there like a as a stylist and i'm like as a fashionista is there like a fashion must that every girl should have in her closet that every girl should do when it comes to fashion and styling Mm, that's a good question um you know i think also just keeping in mind to dress for the occasion um is so key so sometimes someone's like this is my style deal with it Mm -hmm. and then you show up to something that's a sporty sporty event and you're in like four inch tacones and you're like in ruffles Mm, and you know (laughs) it's like then you don't look as chic because you're not dressed for the occasion so I think being able to keep your your uh personal wardrobe diverse and ready for any moment um but evaluating your lifestyle. Like if you're right. not a person that goes hiking, you don't need those hiking boots. And don't <laughs> fall for that trend where it's right. like, oh, well, I got the heeled hiking boots, you know. Yeah, which um, question mark. <laughs> anyway. right. No, I, I think, but uh, it's key to always have maybe like a vintage gym in your closet that's super special um, that you can bust out at, at, an, at like a fancy occasion or a hot date um, that really speaks to your personal style. Um, I really love those like unique pieces, um, that are worth the splurge. Yeah. Um, they just seem a little more special to me Mm -hmm. and, um, also just having really great heels, you know, that's just, I'm obsessed with shoes. I really am. I Um, mean, shoes are shoes your thing or is it like, uh, jewelry or no jewelry is not my thing. No, No, I've been, yeah, I would say shoes, shoes get me. Shoes, shoes don't disappoint. Shoes are the ones right. that get me, you know. Shoes always fit. I'm a bag girl. Like I bag. like bags. Oh, yeah, you've got And I've got ma- a lot She's a bag bags. lady, y'all. Yeah, I'm a bag lady. <laughs> I got three of them. And I'm like, I know. Do this. Is what, it, what do you miss the most about Texas being in New York now? The live music. Yeah, definitely the live music scene. And people are like, well, it's New York. You can see live music anywhere. And I'm like, but just the experience is totally yeah. different. And then it's like you know, in Madison Square Garden and it's $8 million and it's just not integrated into the lifestyle the way it is in Austin. In Austin, it's every single week, mm-hmm. you know, it's whether you go out with friends, it's whether you're out at brunch, there's live music everywhere and it's just so natural and fun. And and then I think also big, big name acts when they come to Austin, mm-hmm. they appreciate and think it's cooler to have an intimate experience. Yeah. So you'll be in a small room and it's, you know, some, some huge artist. And then, but if they ever did in that, that in New York, it wouldn't. It's kind it's of just impossible. Wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to close out, if you had to be any particular item of clothing, what would you be? And why? You guys are making me think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, You know, what I keep thinking is about this vintage ball gown that I own. Um, So it it would be something like a vintage dress. It really would be. Mm -hmm. Because I tend to be pretty feminine. Um, I really like to play up to my uniqueness. Mm and I, I have this one beautiful vintage piece that I got in a 
at a Beacon's Closet for $40 that I couldn't believe wow. was available. And yeah. it's one of the most cherished things in my entire closet. Um, it's very Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, right. I, that's I what I pictured when yeah. you said that. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, Carrie <laughs> <Bradshaw>. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know this <laughs> the whole jingle. thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. It uh, was this so was so lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, remember to follow her uh, to all our listeners, Laura underscore Zapata on Instagram. Um, and yeah, check out all the things that she's doing. Support all the work that she's doing as well. Yes. And you can find us at Weight Holds Up Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, please leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe, share with a friend. If you want to email us, we're Weight Holds Up Podcast at gmail.com. And we just can't wait to see what you guys are rocking because now we're going to be checking I for know. your fashion. Yeah, we're going to be posting some outfits of the day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Getting some inspo. Yeah. We love you guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.